0: everybody welcome back to keith and mike watch deep space nine this week we are talking about season one episode four Babel. uh i'm really excited to talk to mike about this episode and not about tech we have been on the struggle bus but we are here for you uh very excited as we launch our new deep space nine series uh we are recording this on april 8th so uh we're about to launch the series. So uh, hopefully if you're watching this, you have watched uh, the last couple of episodes and have decided to continue with us after giving us a try. I promise we are developing the show. We are finding new and fun little wrinkles, new graphics, new jingles, new segments. And we are more than happy uh, to take your advice. What would you like to see? What else would, uh, what would you like to be different? And uh, just leave a comment below on the YouTubes. While you're doing that, uh, do us the like, do us the subscribe, do us the notification. Tell other Deep Space Nine fans about this show. We very much appreciate it. Uh, Mike, what else
1: might we appreciate? Well, listen, as Keith mentioned, you know, the wrinkle here is that I've never watched this show before. So there's only so Mm -hmm. much we can do without spoiling it for me. So, Keith is trying to get creative. Really, we're just having a a somewhat curated conversation about Deep Space Nine, but episode by episode. Hey, guess what? I'm also watching it for the first time in real time, and you can join me for that. It's at one of our tiers on our brand new Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash Now, you will become a patron for the entire channel. So, that includes Deep Space Nine, which is going to be our main focus going forward. The conclusion of our... Uh, original show, which is the Out of Practice podcast, where we take a deep, very, very deep, very, very (laughs) thorough dive of David E. Kelly's uh, underrated, uh, original smash hit, uh, The Practice, all eight seasons, every episode. Check that out on the channel. If you haven't started yet, there's plenty of content for you. Get used to this. Uh, We've also got our Star Trek Toys show uh, that is very much like this show, uh, developing... Itself as we get to the end of looking at Keith's collection of Star Trek toys and creators out there, a whole bunch of great stuff. We will be developing the Patreon via your suggestions, via our creativity as we go forward. If you can't afford one of the higher tiers, don't worry about it. You can join for as low as a dollar. Uh, there's also goodies yes. there for you. Well, $3 is the first official, but I think there's an option to donate whatever. No. And as Keith mentioned, if for any reason, you're just supporting too many other things or you don't have the ability to help us out now. No problem. You can also help us by just liking and subscribing below. I think that's the spiel, Keith. I want to talk about this episode because talk about synchronicity. There's plenty of it. Can't wait to get to it.
0: There certainly is. I'm very excited about it. And uh, But before we talk about the episode, let's talk about the world a little bit. This aired on Sunday, January 24th, 1993. Uh, if you're keeping track at home, I was 13 at the time. And uh, we were listening once again, many weeks in a row, to the classic Whitney Houston. I will always love hearing Mike singing that song. Okay, well, you can unsubscribe by just <laughs> clicking the unsubscribe button, uh, and then we'll disappear. I, I don't know if you can block us, but you can definitely unsubscribe. <laughs> Restraining order. <laughs>
1: the top movie was Aladdin again. Every, You know, Keith, a little, little tidbit about Aladdin, This and this is mm. the hot content that people want on the internet. Mm. The lyrics for the song... Uh, uh, a whole new Friend world. Like a whole new world. Okay, is what taught me the idiom "red letter." Every moment, red letter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, those they are rhyme good gets lyrics. better with
0: red letter. Red letter. It mostly rhymes. I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it. Will uh, judges have ruled? They'll allow it. Will
1: this be a the, red letter
0: episode, Keith? It will be. It'll be something. We've been redlining all of our tech <laughs> all morning. <laughs> The New York Times headline was, U.S. Asserts Serbs Are Still Running Prisoner Centers. Uh, after the Serbian War, certainly, uh, you know, uh, grim. But uh, it was 1993, and things got the same. Mm. This episode, of course, Babel was directed by Paul Lynch, who I've mentioned previously had done five episodes of Next Gen, five episodes of Deep Space Nine, and interestingly... As we watched it on television, it was two back-to-back episodes directed by Paul Lynch. However, they actually shot it as two and four. So he uh, at least didn't have to actively direct back-to-back episodes. And this episode was written, had a teleplay by Michael McGreevy his only episode of Trek and Naren Shankar, who was a story editor and writer on 29 episodes mm. of next generation, one episode of Voyager and two deep space nine and has a story by Sally caves who wrote this and hollow pursuits on next generation. Are their only, uh, IMDb credits and a story by Ira, Steven bear, who was a producer on all of Deep Space 9 and will become the showrunner of Deep Space 9 uh, and he wrote three episodes of next gen and 53 episodes of Deep Space 9 uh, legendary
1: Ira Steven Baer yes Michael. now Keith yes. often when we discuss uh, movies we we are quick to, to credit the director of photography or the cinematographer uh, you don't mm-hmm. hear as much about it in television although on my watch along for this week, which you can uh, check out at patreon.com slash K at the mm. voyeuragers tier. Uh, very These clever, team. These are Keith.
0: the voyeuragers yes. of Mike
1: watching. Although I believe the pilot we're gonna make free for all so you can kind of get a taste. Um, but that would've already happened because we're weeks in the future, Keith. Anyway, uh, I mentioned that this is one of those episodes of television where it's very clear that the director the cinematographer slash director of photography uh, and whoever might be doing the blocking, a combination of the two, really work Mm -hmm. hand in hand to establish shots because this is shot very cinematically, this episode specifically, and I hope that it is a harbinger for the way the show will continue because the shots are just beautiful. The photography is beautiful. And uh, the cohesion of the team that generally you would hope this early in the run of a new show especially a big budget show for the network uh would be this cohesive but if you say it gets better and it continues on this train I can only imagine where we're headed so it's very it, exciting no
0: it uh, well you know it's funny because we talk about the the storytelling gets better the the acting gets better the cinematography gets better because I, I think Deep space nine is one of the most cinematic. Um, of the star trek series certainly of like the 90s era the, the ones today are incredibly cinematic but but uh uh deep space nine very much and uh, the person you're looking for is marvin v rush who was the dp director of photography on uh get this so uh 92 episodes of star trek enterprise 161 episodes of star trek voyager uh, many how many episodes of uh, Deep Space Nine? Forty-five episodes of Deep Space Nine and seventy-eight episodes of Next Gen. So, uh, not a lot of people spent more time on the set of Star Trek <laughs> than uh, than Marvin V. Rush. You know, it's okay. really it's
1: it's real quick. Just last point on that. You know, you knows from grabbing screenshots from our other shows. Screenshotting is actually kind of difficult because. You grab a lot of clunkers. Mm-hmm. However, I find that thus far on Deep Space Nine, it's not a challenge. It like literally every shot is so well framed and so well thought out yeah. as a as a composition, a, phot- a photograph that I sort of it translates very well into screenshots. Now, I will say if I'm I'm going to point out at this early stage in the game. Some of it is a little clunky because I think they work a little backwards whereas they have the shot in mind and then they work the blocking to get the characters and Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's a little weird human beings don't move in the way that they like should try to you can literally see them scooting into position. I think that that's I'm giving that grace a grace period because it's we're early days and I think they're gonna get to know their set better and their kind of choreography as a cast better but no for sure worth pointing out worth pointing out
0: Uh, and I will also say in their defense they were you know how we're we're struggling to fit in 16 by 9 yep. right now? Like right now, we are both of us are struggling to fit Trying in not 16 to break by the immersion. 9. They Yeah, I don't know why you get more space than I do. What the oh, hell? Anyway, they're working on four by three, so almost a square uh they're dealing with. So anyway, we'll talk more about that as we go on. But now it is time for a new old segment entitled now, Keith, waste your time with trivial trivia. Okay, so uh, I'm just still gonna give uh, three pieces of trivia, but but now it's got a now it's got a thing. It does so, have
1: a thing. Uh, have, so, yeah, thank if, you for the thing, Keith. We all appreciate it. I know I do. <laughs> Enjoy that. So Keith attempts to melt Mike's PC. <laughs>
0: All right, so uh, Galus Blinn in this episode has a forehead ridge right here as a Bajoran like Roe Laren. Other characters will have it for a little bit, and then it gets dropped as time goes on. So the first Bajoran we saw on Star Trek was, of course, Ensign Roe on Next Gen, and she had the little forehead ridge. But, of course, our, our beloved Major Kira does not And they will eventually drop it as an added piece of uh, the Bajoran alien uh, makeup because uh, I'm sure it was a pain in the butt. And I imagined uh, they didn't want Kira having to walk around with that on her forehead the whole time. So there you go. So trivia
1: number two. Keith's at work. Who's calling Keith? That's the second trivia.
0: The second trivia is, yes, we're doing this on a work day. And I uh, didn't turn my work phone off because, you know. We're getting a subspace transmission from uh, from somebody wanting to check their subscription. We uh, all right. So trivia number two: we see the first Ferengi rule of acquisition, which is never ask when you can take. Uh, even though they hadn't come up with the concept of the Ferengi rules of acquisition, basically their ten commandments. But, of course, the Ferengi culture is all about business and, and acquisition of wealth. And so each of these rules of acquisitions are basically ways to screw people. Mm-hmm. And those are the rules that they have to follow in business. So, But this is the first one, even though it wasn't an official one because they hadn't talked about it. So, trivia number three. There are two Ren and Stimpy references in oh, this Oh, man, episode. I love Ren and
1: Stimpy. Tell me, tell me. The character of
0: Sermak Ren... And Gull Sumpco are named after, of course, Ren. And uh, Spumpco is the Ren and Stimpy's animation studio. Or Spumps is the uh, animation studio. So the writers and directors of this were big Ren and Stimpy fans. And so there's actually going to be a bunch of tiny little uh, Easter eggs referencing Ren and Stimpy throughout the early seasons of this series so lastly here just a couple uh, guest stars we have Jack Keeler as Jahik we have Matthew Faison as Sir Mark we have Anne Gillespie as Jabara and Geraldine Farrell as Galus so I think it is time to uh, hop into the theater and discuss this episode in detail let's do it let's do it Hey, and here we are So uh, we see right away in our teaser, uh, there's some aliens trapped in the airlocks, and they're pissed. Uh, Everything's broken on Deep Space Nine and on our uh, little episode show that we're doing right now. O'Brien is trying to fix it all. uh, Could be sabotage,
1: Keith. Could be sabotage.
0: It could be many things. Uh, And so there's O'Brien. And the hairiest guest star in history is not pleased. So we have a little confrontation, and of course, Dax calls O'Brien to uh, rescue. There's a horrible noise in her office. She's probably listening to our show. It's not just the techno babble, it's some noise thing thing. Something uh, the same thing is happening in Ops. Everything is breaking. Kira and Cisco have problems, and we are reaching I love Lucy levels now. So So Mike, we're getting a little slice of life for O'Brien here as everything breaks down in the ship how did you feel about this
1: yeah i mean it's 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 obvious he's cranky it's obvious there's a lot of work to be done it's obvious a lot is being asked of him and what i the the top of this episode is actually very cute to me because they it's a little over the top as you mentioned it's there's a little heavy-handedness in fact i think at one time i don't know if there's a screenshot but but cisco's going to get his coffee and like uh, or no, I'm sorry, right before uh, we see him get his coffee, O'Brien is literally like, does the big old yawn, and then someone's like, oh, someone's not getting enough sleep. It's a little over the top, but, you know, we gotta get that, we gotta set that scene. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Oh, man, who replicated? So, Keith, before we go on, yeah. this is uh, your expertise. Explain to me the physics of the replicator. So you don't actually eat any food up there? They're just they're, It's just being, like, 3D printed, basically? It is
0: yeah, it's essentially being 3D printed. They are uh replic- they're basically transforming they have matter storage and they the replicators use energy to create that matter into whatever food or whatever. So yeah, it's
1: like the next gen of 3D printing. So like clearly in this case, when like some wires are facocked underneath the sink, as we see O'Brien looking at, your mm-hmm. food tastes shitty. Uh, yeah, so, like, the, if,
0: if the, I mean, they're basically building molecular recipes that they're
1: pulling from, and if something goes wrong with that, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna make the food taste bad. brings up some questions about commerce, though, right? Because later we see, uh, we see Quark kind of, like, illegally creating food out of, like, a spare room, but how do you, like, rank, you know, when you talk about commerce, if there's three restaurants next to each other, how do you really rank their quality based on, like, recipes that are being created in a computer, Right?
0: Well, yeah, because they're everybody. The recipes themselves are proprietary, right? Because, like, you know, a five-star chef goes to the same grocery store that you do. It's what do they do with those ingredients?
1: Oh, interesting! Uh, Interesting trade uh, copyright law. Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, because and I'm I'm sure that the you know the. And I, I, I'm sure there are levels of like a higher, you know, better replicators or worse replicators. Like, how good is your 3D printer? Uh, That's what we know. need. We
1: need some fan fiction just on copyright law of replicator.
0: <laughs> I am commerce. sure. I am sure <laughs> it exists. I'm definitely sure it exists. But as as we're moving forward, you'll find that the replicators work for more than just food. It's mm. everything. If you want a chair, you can replicate a chair. You want a you know
1: a Hydro well, like mostly, mostly sex stuff, right?
0: Uh, almost entirely sex <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So anyway, speaking of sex stuff, we see our first DS9 Jeffries tubes. As while O'Brien talks to himself as people only do on television. And because something is mysteriously on the fritz with the replicators, which you can see there, those are Cardassian replicators, as opposed to the uh, Federation replicators, which we see on Deep Space
1: Nine. We we point it out all the time. Awesome practical set there. Such a cool practical set.
0: Oh, I mean, and all the lighting built into that. It's very, very cool. And uh, so even though O'Brien doesn't see it, we pull back and discover a mysterious tech something. Ooh. Dun dun dun. And that is the end of our teaser. And uh we hop into act one. Now, did you I, I'm assuming based on context clues and music, you knew something was
1: something was mysterious about that tech yes. thing. Something, something was, was a mess. It was techno babble, techno babble, but you know, he's like I I think it's even worse than just seeing that. You see his hand like up behind the thing and he like touches his hand like raises the thing. As they like fade a to commercial with like a stinger. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, there we go. Da, da, da. But what oh. this show does really well in these teasers is that it sets up usually like it was the, them playing tri- like the trivia game last week. It's always sets up what seems to be a pretty simple premise, but then they, they go for it. Yeah, and then it, 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 it's always
0: going to expand into something. Um And it's never quite what you think it is. Uh Because certainly... Some weird like tech thing had no idea we were gonna head where we headed
1: Mm-mm. that and like at four. some point we discussed neuroscience so, like every episode it's like what's a huge concept we can really delve into okay well you know look, biological for... warfare and neuroscience let's do it. Go. it's,
0: it's Star Trek fans we're yeah. it's the smart folks. All right so we began act one as Odo taunts quark uh, for bad business in the bar. As they keep flirting, an elaborately made-up alien is pissed about his stew. Quark, <laughs> and he shoves it
1: down his throat. Yeah,
0: no, it's it's <laughs> it's. Really You're gonna eat something. it. You're gonna like it, you son of a. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, cool makeup effects, though. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Odo is there to rescue Quark, and we find that the replicators are messed up in uh, in Quark's station and O'Brien is too busy to fix them yet as you might imagine so Quark decides to sneak out and use other replicators and he's got security clearance sticks because uh in the distant future we're going to hide our passwords on little sticks so, which you know honestly like the it's uh, what are those little uh devices but you use thumb drives not thumb drives. Oh There's yeah, a, yeah,
1: yeah. The the keys. The um.
0: Yeah, the 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 something key, uh, for like high end software like Pro Tools or something that comes with that. It actually is a physical device you plug in the computer. So you know what? I was gonna make fun of them, and I I retract that.
1: Actually, what I like about it more, and maybe it's just the way I saw it on this tiny tiny screen, uh, is that it's not just sort of a hard device. It's, it's it seemed like it was liquid in there. Like it was sort of like a mixture of like hardware and biologic. Biological something hidden in the little tubes. Who knows? I didn't. I didn't catch that. But that's that would make sense. I mean, certainly when we get on Voyager and we have the bio neural gel packs. Ah, uh, this is a good screenshot though to point out like one of the sort of uh, production incongruencies that I sort of am enjoying. All of the like, <clears throat> all of the gear aboard the screens, the mm-hmm. the machinations are all really cool designs, like really cool. Like this, who the hell knows what the hell it is, but it, it's cool, right? It's it's a bit digital, it's a bit analog, it's neat. It's cool. Right. Cool design. But then when you get to like dossiers or information that needs to be passed in text, like we'll see later in the episode, I took some screenshot of just like, it looks like a, an early Carmen Sandiego DOS game. Like they just haven't figured out a good way to, to do future text on screen
0: well and that's and that is actually boy you just opened up a can of worms there uh that's because they're doing a mixture of integrating what limited actual computer stuff that they can do with these plastic overlay backlit panels which were designed by michael okuda um, who designed the L-Cars system you see on Next Generation, which is all the touchscreen stuff. And then behind that are computer monitors that they're projecting through it. Um, so the L-Cars stuff looks super cool and looks very futuristic. And you can see, and it's the same basic concept there. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a gel that's lit from behind, but you can't change it right. on screen. Um, and so we're seeing a, a mixture of what things would become because, you know, what did he do? It's a touchscreen iPhone. Everything is an iPhone there, and they developed iPads there as well. So, yeah, I mean, they're just coming across the limitations of 1993. Uh, but uh,
1: I, I don't think it's a lack of imagination. I just think it's a lack oh, no. of technology. Yeah, yeah and it, it's that's the that's just sort of like a general science fiction issue in design, right, is that you, you're not just making – Uh, content for the present you have to see how, how can we make it futuristic enough and not show the limitations of what we have in the future like if you go back and watch the original series i imagine there's some things you'd be like okay that's that's surely shag carpeting that's on the floor there
0: oh well no for sure but it's it is remarkable how much they got right because even back in the 60s they weren't picking up a telephone with a cord right they had a wireless telephone which at that at that point was completely inconceivable you know with the with the communicators which then became a wearable piece of thing but basically they they figured out exactly what it was going to be it was limited they didn't realize that it would have a touch screen with video and all of that kind of stuff but just the very idea of a phone in your hand in 1966 was inconceivable but they got it right they got flip phones right at the very least so in ops, on ops, we discover that A, Keiko's school is working out, which is more serialization than it ever happened on the next gen. Um, and O'Brien's feeling hot. He starts talking nonsense
1: for a second, but you know, nothing to worry about. I didn't catch that it was nonsense. I literally just thought I didn't understand his lexicon, and but of course, Cisco gave us the slow read. He's like, What
0: did you say? What did you say? All oh, right, right, so we see a bit of Kira and Dax, where Dax remembers how different it is to be a woman and continuously leered at, uh, which I thought was a really interesting point of yeah, view but, for
1: 1993. But Dax but
0: then, ain't, ain't hating it. No, but then for some reason, she likes it, because the show is written by men.
1: That's true, but, and those three extras, they were like, listen, we just need you to come onto the show and stare at her butt and, like, Give like a, yeah, and then walk off. Cool. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's exactly what happened. Uh, but good news in Quark's bar because it's hopping again. Bang. And he, uh, he hits on Kira. So, you know, <laughs> as you might imagine. Back on ops, uh oh, a sweaty O'Brien is now talking full on nonsense. And we know it's not techno babble, it's mm-hmm. just nonsense. And, uh, Thank God it's Colin Meany and he's such a good actor because uh this could have been bad.
1: But somehow it's not. Because, now, do you uh, think that it was written that was all scripted, like uh, the babble, or do they just were like talk gibberish? That is a very interesting piece of
0: trivial trivia. Uh, because in the original shooting draft, they wrote sort of nonsense and then realized it was sort of incomprehensible. So they wrote in sort of nonsense words, but then in parentheses wrote what it, they meant to be saying. So it was actually specifically scripted as real lines. Um, and then they, they just sort of swapped out the, uh, the random words. So, it, but, but I think they started how you were thinking and realized it needed to be more organized than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So act two, we begin with Bashir who can't figure out what's wrong. With O'Brien, despite putting multiple devices near or on his head, we do learn that it's not just his speech patterns, because O'Brien writes more nonsense on his iPad, uh, which is an interesting little wrinkle there. Um, that we, it's it's his brain is rearranging the words, not his mouth.
1: Yeah, they give a really, uh, I think, in the scene coming up, they give a really specific. I don't know if you figured it out yet. Maybe I'm jumping the gun, but a really specific sort of neurological explanation for what's happening—it's it, it's very kind of cool. Yeah. Yes. Well, it, they do, and it is right now. Uh,
0: Bashir explains that it's aphasia, um, and they have no idea why it's happening. Uh, it's basically like their index got corrupted on their computer, mm-hmm. and so you uh, it's, you you press H, but it types out a K. So
1: of course they've yet to be able to describe. So they figure out the sort of. The, the communication issue, but they don't figure out why it gives you the meat sweats. We do not know why you get the meat sweats. It could have just been lunch.
0: You know, there's <laughs> there's gotta be room for coincidence. I, you know, he got the replicator <laughs> fixed at some point, got some barbecue. Yeah. It happens. So uh they have no idea what's happening. Cisco tells Dax to take over for O'Brien, but Uh oh. Dax has got it too. Mm. Bashir figures out that it's a virus causing it, and uh oh, two more extras have it now too. <laughs> we see Dax realizing uh, that she has it there. Uh, so that's that's all happening. So, what are you thinking now that it's a a virus that's spreading?
1: So at this point, I'm like, oh, that's kind of uh, that's very close to home. But it's I think in the scene coming up where they announce the shipwide quarantine. Where I started going, oh my God. Yeah, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> oh boy. Because, and then I think I say on my watch along which you can join us with at patreon.com slash k and um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, I'll get mm-hmm. it. it. Is that uh, sad to say I was like, I wonder if we're going to handle this better on Deep Space Nine than we did in real life. Hope. Let's hope.
0: Well, I can answer that question. Uh, Ferengi, so, uh, it's a hoax. They establish a quarantine lockdown, but you know Quark isn't going to follow COVID protocols. Odo confronts him, and Quark says, I'm an essential business. <laughs> and uh, and lies and says that Rom fixed the replicators. So, uh, we're going to talk more about Rom later.
1: I will but say that sis- thus far, yeah. it's developing. I'm loving this little sort of frenemy, will they, won't they, with Quark and Odo. Like, they clearly despise each other, but end up being like teammates a lot. Forced and and it's it's I don't know why I find it riveting. I find it riveting. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: they basically have the like best friends who hate each other dynamic that you and I have.
1: Yeah, except like I really want to see them make out, and we already have. So it's
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So just gonna leave that dangling. No we'll context. Over know. Yep. Leave. No context. No, it's more fun. So, uh, so Cisco runs into Jake on the promenade, and uh, Jake also doesn't care about
1: COVID, so he Mm -hmm. doesn't care.
0: Uh, But this guy really
1: cares about COVID. This
0: guy cares. This
1: guy cares a lot. This is actually, if I may, stop the show in its tracks. This is one thousand percent a screenshot of Keith during COVID. (laughs) Oh man, I wish I could tell you it wasn't true,
0: but it was just sad and hairy. Sad and hairy, sad and wanted to get the
1: f out of there.
0: Growing increasingly hairy <laughs> as time went on. You're a hundred percent right. That's very sad. Uh, anyway, so I apparently want to leave Deep Space Nine because I'm afraid of the virus, but Cisco won't let him leave. Hell no. Hell no. And uh, naturally, we find out that a quark has been stealing replicator usage from empty quarters. Uh, And of course, Odo catches him uh, and says it was because Quark said that Rom could fix the replicators and Rom
1: couldn't fix a bent straw. Shots fired. Listen, I've read on certain corners of the internet, Keith, that. Probably don't want to know. That, no, yeah, that the undercover Odo reveals are um, a little on the nose. I got to tell you, 100,000%. We're only four episodes in, but every time he's appeared in a room, it has surprised me. <laughs> every time. Even as even when they set it up so much, like T-Ball, like, oh, here's Quark, and he's just, I'm just wheeling, listen, I'm just wheeling <laughs> a cart. <laughs> <laughs> just wheeling Not, a cart in this room. I had no here. idea he was about to get caught, so there you have it.
0: Well, of course, because, and of course, you think about this, right? The number of times that Quark is up to something like mildly nefarious that Odo catches him... How many hours of Odo's time are spent like slinking around as a boot or a painting following Quark that he didn't do anything wrong? He's just like picking his nose and like. Speaking of restraining orders. Yeah. Like I'm a flower pot for eight hours and and Quark is just like uh, a little gassy. It's like, it's going to be awkward because, like, how do you leave? (laughs) (laughs) Flower pot just fart. I think that's.
1: What's exactly. happening? Let's move forward. Let's move. Right, forward. Right, okay. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. So anyway, so uh, Odo taking a shot at Rom being a dum dum is interesting because we're going to learn that the eight that's very not true, and uh, his Rom couldn't fix a bent straw thing. Nobody told Odo that straws aren't a thing anymore. So uh, definitely a, a little ninety three coming up. So back on the bridge or on ops. Uh it turns out that the virus is coming out of the replicators. And that quark, no surprise, has now given the whole station covid. Mm. But uh as it turns out, as we're about to make that a big major plot point about how quark gave all these people, it doesn't matter cuz it's it's airborne now.
1: Airborne baby. That's so, when I was like
0: gulp. Gulp indeed. It's a it's a bummer that it was sort of structured that way. I, f- I feel like they had, like lost time because uh the consequences of quark having given everybody this thing through stolen replicators that should have been more of a plot point but we didn't have time it's airborne we're moving on to act three
1: it was cool that it was interesting Least to that and it might have been a retcon actually because it wasn't that we discovered it was airborne we discovered that it evolved right that it, it mutated to become airborne
0: that's right which is all the scarier <laughs> in a virus
1: it was basically so it's a it's a variant is what we're saying
0: that's a variant. That's that's right. So, at the beginning of Act 3, we find out that 60% of the station has the virus. With and, varying uh, gestational periods. That's right. That's right. Which is also indicative of a virus. And Kira finds the tech we saw in the teaser. She finds the a little a virus spider. And turns out uh, they think it was Cardassian sabotage. Those Turns out bastards. they
1: think they develop they found somebody bought it at Toys R Us.
0: Somebody bought it at Toys R Us. It's got some choking hazards in there. We should review it on <laughs> our other show. So uh anyway, Cisco gets summoned to Sick Bay, where he finds out that uh oh, Jake has the vid. No surprise there. And we discover a whole room of sick and confused people. And Meat so sweats you know, everywhere. So, uh, word salad and meat sweats is happening everywhere around the station, uh, and it's actually, it's we we joke here, but it's a it's a very sort of sweet scene where we can see oh yeah see Cisco's relationship with Jake and and how uh, concerned he
1: is. But this as of is, yet, if I'm not mistaken, there have been no signs of uh, fatalities. Not yet. Not yet.
0: Not yet. Uh, so Bashir is still looking into who made the virus. It actually wasn't the Cardassians at all. Dump, dump, dump. It was actually the Bajoran Underground who put it in there when the station was built 18 years ago. So
1: they need Kira to track And, down. and it just needed to be triggered? So was it triggered when O'Brien's hand hit it? This was the point. This is sort of the, the one thing. Like, what launched it?
0: I, I think it... I'm not entirely sure. I think it was a little ambiguous. Um, whether he scanned it or something and that triggered it. I think the plan was to have it have been set off a long time ago. Yeah. It was it was sort of like they he came across a mine from World War II or something. Um that uh something malfunctioned, I would imagine. So uh they send Kira to track down who set the trap all those years ago, and in the quarantine ward. We find out it's getting bad for O'Brien and looks like the virus is going to be fatal. In twelve hours. So, twelve hours. So tick tick at the beginning of Act Four, O'Brien's only got twelve hours to live. Well done, Mike.
1: It's crazy Unless that in the they future can, they can t- it's not just like he's only got a couple weeks. It's like we can tell you to the second how long he will and when he will die. Yeah, well the tech's better. Yeah. It's it's good stuff. Uh they gotta find a cure and it's coming for everybody. So
0: everyone is going to die. So, Steve, go back uh, that
1: one sh- one shot. I just want to like give yeah. Mike's shout out to man, all that makeup on, but he's still not just a great actor. He gives you great face. He's given you such great facial acting, even behind all that crap. Yeah. I mean, what's that the, actor's name again?
0: Armin Shimmerman, uh, who is, I mean, again, like it's having having the two of them together is a, an embarrassment of riches. Armin Shimmerman and uh, Rene Aubergenois, like, two phenomenal actors just getting to play and it's i mean the top of their game i mean we're four episodes in and we know that chemistry is off the charts and so much fun so uh kira's searching for the guy who made the virus but it turns out he died in a cardassian prison Uh uh-oh uh but kira does track down that he has an assistant Meanwhile, Odo and Cork hang out in the empty casino. Odo admits he's never learned how to gamble. Uh we it's interesting that they sprinkle in all these little nuggets about Odo and how Odo has lived or or chosen not to. That mm-hmm. that you know, we I think we learned uh last week about he's he's never been intimate with somebody. We learned this week it, it he's I, I think Already we're getting the sense that he has sort of lived parallel to everybody else. A little bit isolated, a little bit removed, hasn't chosen to participate uh in a lot of things. So just a little, little nugget there. Cycle me through we... some shots here. I think we're a little behind. No, we're we're oh. we're right on time. Look at you, man. Well done. I know. So Bashir keeps working, but uh oh, Bashir's now got it. And uh we see a shot. Of from his point of view, right, and we see that, that was cool. the words, which would, I think, great little wrinkle, because mm-hmm. from his eyes, what's on the pad is jumbled,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, so we're we're, so I'm assuming in real life, the words in the pad aren't jumbled. It's just his point of view there,
1: right? Which uh, I think gives us the unnecessary but cool insight, which I does come into play a little bit later when Cisco spoiler, gets affected, is that whereas he you're able to recognize if other people aren't in the room, because usually the context clue that, oh, shit, I got it, is people can't understand you. But in this case, isolated, he was able to understand, oh, no, I'm infected, which in this case, because now there's a, t- a ticking clock, it's not just the the bad news of being infected, but also I can no longer be a part of the help because I can't communicate anything I discover. That's
0: right. That's right. It's, it's really... It's it's pretty fascinating. So uh, anyway, Kira. F- oh, you know what? I think I am pretty behind on the screenshots. No, 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 Mike was right.
1: Mike, Mike was, right.
0: was right. It's almost like I took these screenshots. It's almost like you took the screenshots. That's right. All right. So uh, Kira finds her guy. There he is. It's he's Deacon Elling. He's on. He's hey. it's. Where in time is Karma San Diego? Where in time is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, you know what? I was looking at a different Odo. Anyway, uh, folks, you should be watching the episode. You know, get onto your Paramount Plus. It's still on Netflix, but probably by the time you see this, it won't be. There's our shot of uh, the screen happening there. So, uh, Kira finally talks to the guy. He pretends to not know what's happening, and Kira wants to go in person to hunt him down, breaking quarantine if she leaves the runabout meanwhile it's getting worse on the station uh Jake and Cisco have a nice moment because uh Cisco's a good dad backing ups there's a nice so yeah so we're, we're getting more father son stuff uh all right so we discover that the hairy alien I.e me I'm trying to break quarantine. But Cisco can't release the ship from the docking clamps because otherwise it'll make a boom. Um, so we're starting to like add the stakes here, add the ticking clock. But his people
1: clock. are are in on board, so he's trying to just scoop by himself.
0: Yeah, no, he's like, "Peace out!
1: I don't care about y'all." Can uh, they explain I, why he's so worried? It's just that because in the beginning he wanted to leave too. That was a, an unclear point to me, like what his whole everything about him. <laughs>
0: i i I think you know on on the spectrum of quark I don't give a shit about covid like uh freedom to this guy I'm really freaked out and i I'm yeah but get in the the the, hell even, even
1: before the virus was on board he was like all freaked I, out
0: I believe he has a uh, a ship full of vegetables oh. so he's a so he's got he's got a ticking clock on his merchandise as well is is what I remember correct you know if I'm wrong leave a comment below uh, and uh, tell me why I wanted to get off the ship the entire episode so uh, all right so at the beginning of Act Five because now you know we've we've got we've got, we got some boom on the station everybody might die and we're gonna have to rely on Kira to save us here
1: so basically just in, I can't remember if you got in the synopsis or not but where we are here is. She finds the guy, Mm -hmm. uh, turns out who created the thing, he's dead, but his assistant is alive, and he was like, I'm not gonna help you, I don't remember anything. And so she's concocting a plan to potentially, you know, ethically, questionably ethically uh, trick him. Well, I think Kira would say ethically
0: necessary. Uh, So she arrives on Bajor, and transports this guy onto the runabout, exposing him to the virus. Uh, because, damn, uh, Kira understands leverage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, no, it, not not so thrilled. But to be fair, he did help develop it. So he needs just needed some motivation. But we got a great shot of the runabout. It's In these first few episodes, we haven't really left
1: the station very much. Mm-hmm.
0: Although um, she which, had
1: one plan prior. Like this is her second sort of underhanded technique. I don't want to say underhanded. This is her like her her technique to like save the day. This is the second time it's taken place on the runabout. Yes. Remember, well, the, she, both yes, times that, involving her like
0: old gang. Well, right. Because you know, we we see a lot of people from her past uh in the resistance cropping up here and there and that's you know not not surprising but yeah they've hit it they've hit it pretty hard thus far in the series um so back at deep space 9 the hairy alien i e me my ship's on fire and it's going to blow up and take out part of the station and they need to manually blow the docking clamps to save the station so did you did you get all the machinations of that
1: yeah they're going to like they wanted to Jettison him in some sort of way so that they, then they could go capture him. No. Okay. Uh, so no, the they, answer to your question, Keith, is I did not understand the machinations. No.
0: The I mean, yes, they 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 want to save me, of course, but because this is a space station, his ship is like physically docked to the space yeah, station, yeah. right?
1: And, and the plants are too hard; so they can't just let him go.
0: Well, right, so the, the the clamps have locked, so they if the ship blows up, it's going to blow up part of the station. Right. So they have to manually release the clamps uh in order to get the ship away so it doesn't blow up the station. Uh so it's more than just about saving me. Although honestly, that's
1: all I care about. Yeah, but then uh, their their plan is no, we're going to we're going to blow our clamps on purpose to let him go and then we'll go tractor beam him. Right. Yeah. Right. So they can it doesn't matter need- because as I'll point out later, it's the whole thing is stupid. It's a completely unnecessary plot point, in my opinion in my opinion.
0: But they needed fire. They got fire for the trailer. Ugh. All right. Anyway, so we find out, uh-oh, Cisco is sick now. And they uh Odo was forced to ask for help for anyone in the station who isn't sick
1: yet. You know I love an Avery Brooks line read, but Avery Brooks gibberish line read? <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs>
0: Yes, indeed. Well, you know, you say the good actors, you'd listen uh, to reading the phone book. Uh, Avery Brooks, I'd listen to him read the phone book out of order. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there you
1: are. So and Odo back in the want, runabout. Odo didn't want to be in charge anyway, but now that no. Captain is down, like he's now he's really stressing a little bit. That, he's the only one there. So
0: uh, back in the runabout, the scientist is kind of shifty and doesn't know any antidote. Kira tells him he's exposed now. Motivation, and uh, so back on the station, because as if as if like that wasn't clear right from the very beginning. But that's a great she's, like, shot in, there. That
1: was a great shot.
0: Like Where I will, like... I will lick you with my COVID. Get yeah, on basically,
1: it. she's like, I'm gonna shoot a scene in four three, and you're gonna get this <laughs> crap anyway.
0: In four <laughs> three. So back on the station, who is the only person? On the entire station who can help Odo rescue this, rescue me and the station itself? Of course, it's Quark. And he beams Odo to the docking ringer. Docking ring. And uh Quark is now in charge of ops. Keith, it's so, time for Mike's
1: trivia. Okay, Mike's trivia. Uh, Let's hear. It. This is great. In the future, folks, make sure to Patreon support us now because in the future we might even have a professional wrestling show. Go figure. Keith, mm. what do quark when pressed into service because the ship is in quarantine and the captain is down for the count and WWE's The Million Dollar Man have in common? Ooh. Uh,
0: I don't know The Million Dollar Belt. Let's hear it.
1: Everybody's got a price.
0: That's true. All right. though that is a deep cut but i <laughs> but i know i know that there are some wrestling trek fans out there vance i know so uh we're gonna find out who responds to that Clark's Like
1: you need me to save everybody's life nah. and odo's like oh it's so chivalrous and he's like nah, i will be charging that you will the check is the bill is in the mail yes
0: indeed all right so uh the scientist is now working on the virus and of course Kira has it tick, tick, tick at the docking ring. Odo saves me. Saves the hairy alien. Uh we've got fire. Very fun. He uh releases the docking clamps and saves it. Quark is very concerned because, of course, you know, they're best friends. Let's be honest. Uh, and
1: so we see the boom.
0: I mean, come on, you gotta have a boom.
1: Yeah, you're That's right. That's fun. Man, so Quark had what? to do all that, and then he had to beam out, get the guy, and beam back?
0: Well, uh, no, Quark, Odo did. Odo, got Odo, the... Odo, yeah, 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 Odo. So Quark beamed Odo from Ops to the docking ring, because there wasn't enough time to go there normally. All Quark... that produce, all that produce. Just all that out. produce, oh, so much Valerian root. Uh, So, uh, anyway, we're back on the station, and ta-da, the scientist finds the antidote. uh, Very
1: quickly. He found it in a log somewhere and he just, the whole. He's just like, oh, there it is. That's like a press release being like, Moderna vaccine. Yay.
0: Yay. All set. So, uh, Odo releases the ship. Boom. Quark and Odo's love saves the day. The antidote works and everyone's fine. But. The coffee's still
1: cold.
0: The replicators are down again. Uh. And that is babble so uh we've now babbled a lot let us give out some fake awards in a segment it's time to run along home with the (laughs) alremis Back with the Alamoremmies talking about Deep Space Nine, Season 1, Episode 4, Babble. (laughs) I'm huge! (laughs) I apparently Alamorate myself (laughs) through through that bumper. Oh, man. So, our first segment, of course, is looking for wormholes in the plot.
1: Uh, Mike, did you find any wormholes in this plot? Um... Two things, real quick. I'll just mention. I brought them up briefly before. I I don't quite know how the whole thing triggered. Like, was that a remote control behind there? Like in the in the teaser that like launched the virus, or was there another thing that happened? And then how did it get into the other replicator? Like the whole thing was like a little convoluted, but really not the point. That's one thing. And then the whole guy with the produce seemed. It didn't further the plot. It didn't really add any stakes. It didn't seem necessary because there's an interesting kind of mystery as to with the doctor and get the vaccine and all that stuff. So uh, that's those are my two things i point out. Keith?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the little device here, it's going to be Mike finds holes in the plot and Keith tries to fill them. That's really going to be the segment. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that that device was supposed to have the replicator replicate the virus right so once it gets switched on and something went wrong that didn't get it to, to switch on but so it replicated the virus into the food and then once the virus was out it mutated and did all of these other things um if i had a wormhole in the plot about that specifically is in our deus ex machina at the very end there uh they had the cure for the virus, but what about the mutation? Because the mutation to go airborne is a pretty significant mutation. So, but you know, but Bashir, no, well, it wasn't Bashir. It was this guy. I guess he was real quick on uh, being able to adapt to the new variant.
1: I know we got to, we're kind of wrapping it up here, but I will say that, okay, great. We found the vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. I would imagine we're going to have to use the replicators to replicate the vaccine? So doesn't that sort of create a sort of Ouroboros of crap? Aren't we infecting well, the antidote as we create it?
0: Well, no, because I think once once Kira discovered the device, they were able to take that code out of the replicator thing. Uh, but, that you know, that's a little unclear. A little unclear. You know, and as far as the hairy guy, like, I get it's sort of a parallel story that we just needed to have some action. and. Okay. In, but but it was a good moment for Quark and Odo. And while we're talking about best moments, why don't we do our segment about Keith and Mike's favorite moment. Mike, what was your favorite moment?
1: A couple of things I really liked. I really liked Bashir, again, getting to be smart doc and like, figure some stuff out and really be mm-hmm. like uh, competent. competent. Um, I like him better than like horny 18-year-old. But yeah, maybe I'll grow to love horny 18-year-old Bashir. Uh, so I liked that. I liked, uh, but I think my moment of the show is the scene, the whole kind of ending scenes with uh, Quark and Odo. I, I'm just digging them as as the team. Uh, we had some great moments with Avery Brooks and Jake and everything, but I think this was the scene that created the relationship that interests me most going forward. Yeah, I well,
0: I was you know I was going to give that as my answer too because I really love that relationship. I love that relationship sort of growing and growing and expanding as we're going. Uh, but just because you did that, I'm gonna pick uh, Kira's <laughs> extorting the guy, basically putting him at a viral gunpoint uh, in order to who? No. I, I mean, uh, ostensibly, I don't need that. We, help me with know, the
1: vaccine.
0: That now, no, God, <laughs> Jesus, that now exists on the internet. That will be screenshotted. That could be our t-shirt. subscribers are like. Brr. We don't have any to begin with, jeez. uh, All right, anyway. It's an exponential Uh growth. (laughs) All right, I think we just went viral. Okay, Uh, so let us do uh,
1: our episode rating. What do you say, Mike? Yes, let's. uh, You've got to go low, I've got to go, I'm going to go abnormally high. This is my favorite episode we've seen. A really weird feeling inside, but it was nice to have such a quick fix at the end since it it, it hit so close to home. So it was nice that we were able to just solve an entire did get uh, locked down for 3 years? Yeah. Yeah, pandemic by just going. Oh, it's in the logs, vaccine. And we he, did it. He's so he has such a shit in grin on his face too, when he turns to her and he's like, "Ah, oh, lucky for us." I was like, "Okay." Um No, but it's really a really great episode. What they're doing really well aside from just some amazing shots is you're seeing a lot of cohesion also in the cast. They're finding ways to work together. They're finding ways to And it's not not that I don't know enough about Trek to say this, but it's it's often the captain is the is the brilliant one who is mm-hmm. who is just kind of like wait you know it's very hierarchical and this doesn't feel that way. It feels like they're all getting their moments to shine. He's leaning on all of them and their expertise, and they all have ways to grow. Where Odo could be, he's such a fascinating character because they could be play him as sort of I think I've made this analogy before, like a very data like. He's just mm-hmm. all knowing. He's so smart. He's condescending. But no, he's such a he's got so many flaws and, and holes and we're learning about his growth. And it just and that goes for every character. In Quark, we get a little like Quark's great too. Like, what's his whole thing? Clearly he's got some underhanded ideals, but also he's very willing to help. And every time he's been called to service, he has not taken he has not manipulated those scenarios. He's been very helpful. So I That's hope true. that. I hope that that gets recognized. I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. My favorite episode thus far, even with Harry Keith in it, uh, I'm gonna say I can't go any lower than what did I go last week? Do you ever written down? Uh, somewhere. I want right, to go. On. I want to go 86, but that feels really high. But
0: you know what? Follow your heart. Oh yeah, 86. last week. Last week was a 77.
1: Okay, that's so, right. I'm gonna go 83.
0: 83. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I think this was a much stronger episode. This is probably the strongest of the regular episodes that we've done after the pilot. Um, yeah, I, I think it's enjoyable. I think the the mystery is interesting. I think it certainly could have been much worse <laughs> considering we're all running around saying nonsense words. Um, I liked I loved the idea of a basically finding the landmine that'd been there for 30 years. Mm -hmm. right and the the sabotage that just been sticking around you know and because we're in a we're in a station that's been in basically at wartime that there's going to be a lot of weird stuff happening there and i really like that element of it um i liked kira's arc in this very much so i think i'm gonna give it a 79 okay that's pretty close yeah pretty good pretty solid all right so uh uh, you, you forgot a segment, sir. I did? Yeah, you, f- you forgot to pitch us next episode.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Which, uh, okay.
0: in, in real life, the next episode will be Captive Pursuit. But uh, I'm going to be more captivated by Mike's pitch for next week. It's Dax time, baby.
1: I want to know mm-hmm. what's going on. Dax, are you a horny teenager, too? Or are you that... Are you that kind of like more spiritual being inside? What's going on? Everybody's horny for Dax. We need some clarification as to where it's their mind is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's what I want to see next week. Okay. Well,
0: that is... uh, We're going to get there. I don't know if it's going to be next week, but we're going to get there. Uh, Fun episode next week. There uh, are multiple action figures from next week, which I will show you because, you know, we're an action figure thing. So, Mike... If
1: people would like to support us before we get to next episode, tell them how. Help us out. This is the part of the show where we will read your names if there were any patrons there are not yet, at least in this weird time continuum that we have. Uh we haven't, no, we no, haven't launched launch, yet. yet. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash k Lots of goodies there for you. We appreciate your support. If you're able to, if not, just please like and subscribe. Maybe tell a friend. We want to get those subs up so that this is uh, a more fun community. You can also mailbag there, or you can leave us questions down below. Heath, always fun to hang out with you, buddy.
0: Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for watching. We will see you back next week with Captive Pursuit. I am pumped. Till then, this has been Keith and Mike. Watch Deep Space Nine. Thank you for watching KM Entertainment. If you enjoyed our particular brand of nonsense, please like and subscribe. Or become one of our patrons at Patreon.com slash KM.